You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What's going on out there? Hope y'all enjoying your night. Uh, like I said before, you know, um, gonna hit y'all with the divisional round review. I know a lot of us witnessed the games yesterday, but you know, I like to give my little thoughts and insights and little tidbits and you no know, food for thought on the games. Am I um, always correct? No, I'm not. I'm only human. So with that being said, let me introduce myself like I always do. Before I even start, this is your boy. As you can see my name on the screen, Terrence, but everybody call me T. Murray. This is You Can't Handle the Truth Podcast. And as of right now, I'm on here by myself, waiting on people to come in. I don't know if they will. Probably not. But if they don't, I just hold it down until they do. So without further ado... Let's go ahead and kick this thing off. You know, start it out. You know, Saturday it was uh, the Rams versus the Packers. You know, the uh, first-ranked offense versus the first-ranked defense. Packers ended up pulling away, you know, 32-18. And, um, you know, that game, you know, Packers started out fast. You know, through the history of Lambeau, you can't let the Packers start out fast at home, man. And when they usually do, they usually pull away. But, you know, the Rams had their chances. They couldn't get off the field on third down. And I'm going to go through that as I go through the stats and leave y'all with some few little tidbits on the review. And on the day, uh, golf was 21 of 27 for 174 yards, one touchdown. Cam Akers had a pretty good game. He ran 18 times for 90 yards, one touchdown. You know, the rookie Jefferson had six catches for 46 yards, and Woods had eight catches for 48 yards. <clears throat> and on the day, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, pretty much did what he wanted to do. He was 23 for 36, 296 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones led the rushing attack. There were 14 carries, 99 yards, one touchdown. Williams chipped in. With 12 carries, 65 yards, and Devontae Adams had nine catches for 66 yards, one touchdown, and Lazard had four catches for 96 yards, and the one touchdown that pretty much, you know, put the game away. And uh, on total yards, the Rams had 244 total yards to the, the Packers' full 84. The Rams had um, 17 first downs, the Packers had 28. Rams ran 50 plays, Packers ran 72, Packers had four sacks, time of possession. Rams had the ball 23 minutes, 40 seconds. The Packers had the ball 36 minutes and 12 seconds. And you know, I always stress the third down. If your defense can get out the field third down and limit the other team chances of moving the ball, you pretty much have a chance of winning the game. And to me, that's where the that's the game within the game. And on the day, the Rams were two for eight, and the Packers was eight for 12. And anybody that watched that game <clears throat> saw that every time the Rams had a chance, we third and seven, third and six, third and nine, the Packers would always get the first down, kept the drives alive, and led the points. And, um, you know, it sucked that Aaron Donald was hurt. He really couldn't 
you know, give it all his 100%, but I don't think it really would have mattered. The Packers right now, I think they just hot. In this first time, Aaron Rodgers get a NFC Championship game at home, and I think they smell it right now. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, advance to the Super Bowl, but it's damn near looking like it. Um, You know, and um, hit y'all with a bit of, you know, tidbits. You know, Rodgers tied Joe Montana for the second most playoff games for passing 250-plus yards and two-plus touchdowns. And um, they're 18-5 at home. They tied the Steelers for the most postseason wins at 36, and they're 11-0 when scoring first. And um, it, they, they said an interesting stat after the game. I don't know if a lot of y'all watch this stuff, but I kind of do. It said on play-action passes, Rodgers is 21 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So – on play action pass, when they fake the run and pretty much throw deep or throw throw across the middle to make the linebackers come up, <clears throat> he has thrown 21 touchdowns and zero picks. And like I said before, I don't know if Green Bay is going to advance, but they damn sure looking like it. They rolling right now. And I thought the Rams defense played, you know, they played the best they could play, man. It's, it's, it's hard when you got an offense that's rolling and then you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And that's why it's important to have your quarterback to have like another coach on the field. He's a, he's an extension of the head coach. Excuse me. You don't have to worry about him. Rather do you see Aaron Rodgers make a bonehead play. I mean, every quarterback do, but it's not the costly bonehead play. He's cool. He's calm. He's going to make the proper read. And he puts the ball on the money. And I think next round is, is going to be very interesting. I'm not going to get into that right now, but it's going to be very interesting next round. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to really keep out on here long tonight. I got work in the morning. We'll try to stay on here probably about 30, 45 minutes, depending on who else jump in. So we had the nightcap that night. Had the Ravens at the Bills. And, um... You know, the Ravens in, ended up losing 17 to 3. And, and if you go by these stats right here, the Ravens pretty much dominated this game. You would think that they won the game. But once again, you know, those it's always the turnovers. You can't have turnovers in crucial moments in playoff football because those will kill you. Every possession counts in the playoff. The farther you go, the more it counts. And, um, you know, on the day, Lamar Jackson was 14, 2,462 yards. Um, Gus Edwards ran the ball 10 times, 42 yards. K.J. Dobbins ran the ball 10 times, 42 yards. Marquise Brown led the receiving corps with four catches, 87 yards. Josh Allen, he was 23-37 for 206 yards, one touchdown. Singletary, uh, yeah, the Bills, the Bills need a running game, man. They, I, I don't think they're gonna survive running the ball seven times over twenty-five yards. I, I don't, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Cause they got away with it Saturday night, but going forward, if they make it to the Super Bowl, they can't, they cannot continue to just be pass heavy. They're not gonna win. They're gonna lose. But with that being said, you no know, digs 
caught eight passes for 106 yards, one touchdown. And Josh Brown also caught eight passes for 62 yards. And like I was saying, if you look at the stats, yeah, the Ravens had 340 total yards. The Bills only had 220. The Ravens rushed for 157 yards. The Bills only had 32. The Ravens had 19 first downs to the Bills 17. They converted more on third down. It was 7 to 17. The Bills only converted, you know, 4 to 13. They ran more plays, 73 to 55. And they dominated the total time of possession. They 35 minutes, 33 seconds, the 24 minutes and 27 seconds. But when you're missing field goals, granted, the wind was blowing. But when you're missing field goals and you throw a costly pick in the red zone and it's returned 101 yards for a touchdown, it was lights out. And, um, you know, now the Bills have moved on. They're 12-3 at home overall in the playoff history. They won eight straight games, and it's their first conference championship since 93. And, you know, to the people people out there that's younger than me that didn't see the Bills or the 90s, those teams were great. They went to four straight Super Bowls, which nobody has ever done. I don't think nobody ever will do again. But the Bills have a chance to, you know, to get their franchise their first Super Bowl. They just got to take care of business. Uh, Sunday at six forty, and um, you know it's, it's it's been a little griping and complaining coming out of the Ravens locker room. You know, Marquise Brown, you know, said a few little things after the game. He made a statement about um, you know, they got to improve the passing game. He was like, "How can we have the number one offense, but we rank the bottom half, like thirtyish, in passing?" He like we too unbalanced, and that's what the Ravens have to improve on going forward. Is it the offense or is Lamar Jackson? That's the million-dollar question. A lot of people saying it's the offense. Then you got some saying it's Lamar Jackson. He has to improve passing. But you got to get that man weapons, too. I mean, you just can't throw to the tight end all day and then, you know, run the ball 40 times and think it's going to win when the new NFL, they out here slanging this thing all across the field, multiple receivers. Catching 18 passes a game now. So going forward, the Ravens gonna really have to improve their passing game. They proved they can run the ball. That's been proven. But what happens when your run game gets shut down and you have no threat? Nobody respects your passing game. And that's they at a crossroads right now. So Lamar Jackson be going to his fourth year next year. Uh, I don't know if it's make it or break a year, but it's, it's getting it's getting there. He got to he got to do something, man. They either got to get him some weapons, or they're gonna keep running that offense that they're running. They got to improve on it. They got to get more. They got to get more multiplicity into the offense. Right now, to me, I think they're a little basic. They're running the same offense. You know the 49ers ran with Kaepernick when they went to the Super Bowl and played the Ravens. Um, Greg Roman, a lot of people called him out. You know, saying they need to change the offense. So it's going to be very interesting season, offseason with the Ravens, man. See how they move. See what see what move they make to either get Lamar Jackson some help or help him improve in the passing game. Because they got a pretty strong defense. The defense did what they're supposed to do. You know, usually when you hold a team to 200 total yards, nine times out of ten you win the game. But you miss some field goals. 
and he had to cost the turnover. So they're going fishing, and the Bills have a date with the Chiefs at 640 Sunday. I'm going to get into a little bit of that, get a little bit of my early prediction on that game. Uh, moving on to what we witnessed yesterday, uh, the Browns versus the Chiefs. You know, that stat I gave um, in the uh, preview where it says since week eight, you know, the Chiefs haven't beat anybody more than 10 since week, what, six? The, the Browns haven't lost by more than 10. It, that was true. The Browns had multiple chances to take this game by the bullhorn. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into that, but first let me, like I always do, Bust these stats down for y'all, man. On um, Mayfield on the day was 23-37, 204, one touchdown, one pick. You know, Chubb, he had a pretty decent day. He got rolling in the second half a little bit. He was 13 carry for 69 yards. And Higgins caught five catches for 88. I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get into that play as soon as I get through with this. Mahomes was 21 of 30 for 255. Henny came in, he was six of eight. 66 yards, one INT. Williams ran the ball for 13 times, 78 yards. Hill caught eight for a buck 10. And Kelsey caught eight for 109 and one touchdown. The total yards, you know, Chiefs had 308. Nah, Chiefs had 438, excuse me. Browns had 308. Rushing, Chiefs had 123. Browns 112. First downs, pretty much even. Chiefs 24. Browns 21, third down. Browns was 6 of 13. Chiefs was 5 of 10. Total plays, Browns 60. You know, Chiefs 63. Time of possession was 23, 29, 23 minutes for the for the Browns. 30 minutes, 37 seconds for the uh for the Chiefs. And you know, every everybody's talking about that play <clears throat> where Higgins caught it, made the move, dove for the end zone. You know, Swanson put the hit on them, made them fall by the back of the end zone touchback. You know, a lot of people saying it was helmet to helmet, which it really was. It was helmet to helmet, but you can't, it's not reviewable. So now a lot of people saying, do they need to go back, you know, change their rule in the offseason to make helmet to helmet reviewable? I think to a certain extent, you do. I think it's more if you're with the intent of the helmet. Like, if you coming in trying to kill somebody, oh, yeah, you got to review that, you know. But if it's like a bang-bang play, that kind of was a bang-bang play. Uh, I can't really say they need to be reviewed, but there was a game-altering play because if they score them, it's 10-16, and the Browns get the ball to start the second half. And knowing what we know now, with Mahomes being hurt, do the Browns actually put them away in the second half? Because despite all that, you know, when Henny came in, he threw the pick. The Browns did get the ball back with like three and some change around four minutes and didn't do nothing with it. But you got to give the Chiefs defense credit. Their backs was against the wall. They had to get a stop. And they made the stop. And that's what I'll be saying. You know, I said it multiple times on previous podcasts. They can turn it on and turn it off when they want to. Now they playing with fire. I will say, but that's the heart. That's the, the marks of a champion, the heart of a champion. 
when they needed to make a stop to get off the field, they made a stop. The Browns had a chance to move on in advance, and you got to give the Chiefs credit. They made the stop, man. And, um, you know, another big player of the game, the third and 14, when um, Henny scrambled, you know, for, uh, for 13 yards, fourth and one. You got to get Andy, Andy Reid credit, man. A lot of coaches would have punted that ball and leaned on their defense, but that just showed the confidence that he has in his offense and his players, and he's aggressive. Andy Reid has always been aggressive. You go back, he came up under Bill Walsh in the West Coast offense. The West Coast offense has always pushed the envelope, the first innovative offense before the run and shoot. Big play, big play offense. You know, he just has adapted it now to where uh, the spread, but it's still the same philosophy. They still putting the ball down the field. They going for it. And you got to give Andy Reid credit. You know, a lot of the the the, the analytics would have said punt the ball. But Andy Reid said, damn that. I'm not giving them a chance to my defense is is stifling right now. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they can hold. And I'm damn sure not trying to go home knowing that I could have got a fourth and one and I didn't run the ball. So he gets right. He got it further down. They're moving on to the third straight AFC title game at home. You know, that they, they made a record with that. So is, is this the beginning of the Chief Dynasty? Are we, are we seeing something, you know, get ready to unfold for our eyes? Like I said, the Bills have a chance to stake their claim. And um, if you go back, like the last eight wins, like I said, all their games been close. The last eight wins have been by six or fewer points, including the playoffs. It's the longest active streak in the NFL right now. So the Chiefs, if Mahomes don't play Sunday, I think the Bills gonna go ahead and take them on out. But that remains to be seen, man. So moving on to the last game of the day, you had the Bucks. You know, versus the Saints, man, it was a battle of two of the great, greatest, two of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen in our generation. You had Tampa Bay at the Saints for the third time. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's always hard to be the team, you know, three times in a season. But, you know, the Bucs went in, did what they had to do. And if you look at that game, the Saints could have really busted that game open early. You know, with the first punt return of the game, you know, they, they put the stats up. Tampa Bay was one of the worst special teams against the punt return, and Saints was top, one of the top teams. Harris damn near ran the first one back. But, you know, the Bucs held him to three. Then they punted to him again. He actually ran it back for a touchdown. And it was called back for blocking the back, I think, clipping. And, you know, like I said, every possession counts. So just think if the Saints get that touchdown on the punt and they score on the first possession, they easily up 14 nothing. This is a totally different ball game. But if you let a team hang around, you know what's going to happen. Eventually, well, they'll smoke, they'll fire, and they're going to put the – they're going to capitalize on it, man. And, uh, you know, on the day – no, Brady was 18, 13 for 199, two touchdowns. He really didn't have a great game. But for Nick, you know, he had 17 rushes for 63 yards. Five, he actually led the team in receiving five catches for 44 yards. And um, Jones chipped in 13 rushes 
uh, for 62 yards. And the breeze on the day was 19 to 34. 134 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. Kamara had 18 carries for 85 yards. Sanders had six catches for 48 yards. And Traycon Smith had three catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns, man. Total yards, Bucks 316, Saints 394. Uh, Russian, Bucks had 127, Saints 104. And, you know, Saints had the cost of four turnovers. That's four chances. You don't get to do nothing with the ball. And uh, time of possession, the, the Bucks 31 minutes, 31 seconds. Saints 28 minutes, 29 seconds, third down conversions. 8 of 17 for the Bucks, 6 of 11 for the Saints. Total plays 69 for the Bucks, 60 for the Saints, man. And uh, Breeze, he has a illustrious career. Like, you know, he came in, um came into a bad situation in New Orleans, man, and made them respectable. Because when I was growing up, New Orleans was one of the one of the, one of the bad franchises, man, and they they look changed when they got him and you know Sean Payton and Breeze, man. But it's hard, it's hard to throw a football when you got eleven cracked ribs in the Pierce Law. Now people are questioning should Breeze even played that game? Which honestly he shouldn't have, shouldn't even came back, should have waited. You know, Weston had the stronger arm, but you know Sean Payton rolled it out with his guy, man. He gonna send him off in the sunset, man, and. That's what he did. Now we'll never know. You know, and um, you know, Shannon Sharp, I saw he was talking earlier. He made a good point. He was saying, you know, Tampa Bay knew that there were, you know, the Saints are across the middle team, a dink and dunk across the middle type team. So they took that away and forced him to throw outside the numbers. Wanted Breeze to throw the ball, make basically make them damn ribs hurt. And um it's what they did, man. All these interceptions came on passes, trying to throw outside the numbers toward the sideline. And another key stat of the game, Michael Thomas had no catches. He was a non-factor, man. So you got to give the Bucs credit. They won. They moving on. And with that, man, the Saints became the first team in NFL history to have four straight 11-plus winning seasons and not reach the Super Bowl. And the Bucs <clears throat> became the first team in NFL history to be outscored by their opponent in the regular season and then turn around and beat that team in the playoffs. So, you know, Brady's getting a lot of the credit for that game. He didn't, he didn't have the cost of turnover, but you got to give it to the Bucs defense, man. They, they, the Saints could get in the groove, man. And every time the Saints did, you know, drive down the field, no, they, they, they kept him out of the red zone, out of the end zone. Oh, also, don't let me forget, that fumble by Cook. I knew then. I said, man, the Saints done messed up because it was looking like the Saints were finna go down the field and you know, put their foot on their neck. And when he fumbled and the Bucks came right back down the field and scored, I was like, they done left the damn door open. Nah, like, they, they done had the chance to put him away. They couldn't do it, man, so... I'll read off another stat, man. The Bucks are ten and old this season. We're leading at the half, and they're three and five when they down at the half. So it's looking like right now, if if, if the Bucks are leading in the half, they pretty much win the game. If they're losing it at the half, they pretty much lose, man. So that's gonna be my recap. You know of the games. I hope y'all enjoyed it, man. It's setting up, you know, for Sunday. 
Championship Sunday, you know, you got the AFC, NFC, NFC starting first, you know, another historical game between two, two legends. You got Tom Brady going into Lambeau to get to the Super Bowl. You got Aaron Rodgers is like, like I said, first time NFC championship game in Lambeau. So it's 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 a lot of firsts, but something gotta give. And then on the other side of the AFC, you got the up and coming, you know, two quarterbacks. If Mahomes can play, you got Josh Allen. He's playing at a high level right now, and we all know what Mahomes could do. And you know, right now, I think, um, man, you know, the Green Bay wants revenge from earlier when they played Tampa Bay. They went down to Tampa, and you know, Aaron Rodgers turned the ball, or he threw uh, two pick sixes back to back. So I think, you know, I, I think Green Bay, this is the game they kind of wanted. You know, they, they want to get back at Tampa. And then, you know, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Brady. It's always that debate. You know, everybody called Brady the GOAT. But to me, if you look at just quarterback play on strength and working with less and doing more, you got to put Aaron Rodgers up there as one of the top quarterbacks. You know, Brady, he's, he's always been in New England. He's had a good defense, great coaches. Aaron Rodgers never had that. He's never had the things that Brady has had. He never had a consistent defense, a consistent receiving course. So for the year they went to the Super Bowl, and they tried to go back, and they lost to the Giants that year. But other than that, you know, he's been having a makeshift offensive line, a makeshift running back, a makeshift receiver. So this is the first year where they really confident, and they think that they're going. And I'm not going to give my prediction yet. I'm, I'm going to save it for Sunday. I'm going to try to hop on here Sunday before the games come on. And like I, you know, like I was saying, you look at – the Bills and the Chiefs, man. I said this early in the year. I didn't. I said it early in the year. I said to me, the Bills is the only team in my eyes that could beat Kansas City because they style of play. In order to beat a team with a great quarterback, you have to have a quarterback that can match him, and the Bills do. But my only thing is, they have to run the ball. 32 rushing yards in the game is not going to cut it because you're going to put too much pressure on Allen and you're going to put too much pressure on the offense. And I think for the Chiefs, you know, they started out fast, um, you know, uh, Sunday. Then they kind of tailed it off a little bit. And that's, and that's what they've been doing. They either start fast and then they kind of tailed off or they start slow and then they pick up steam. You know, so I, I don't know which Chiefs team going to show up. You know, they haven't really played a consistent four quarters in damn near half a season this year. So, but they just still finding ways to win. You know, it's going to be interesting Sunday. I hope both games are good. They should be good. But like I said, I'm not going to give my predictions away right now. I'm going to wait to Sunday and do it. Hopefully I can get everybody on. Their poster came on tonight. But, you know, it's, it's hard to find good help these days. People say they coming, and they don't come, but I know they're listening. So, man, like I was saying, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Got to work in the morning. I know a lot of y'all got to work in the morning. I'm not going to be on here all night. So, you know, this is another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth Podcast, man. You know, subscribe to the YouTube page. You know, go back and listen to previous episodes on Google, Spotify, you know, Apple, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker. 
you know, man, just, 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 you know, help us out, man. Help us grow this community. I know some of y'all like it. Some of y'all might not like it, but it's all good. I'm going to continue to do it, push the envelope, come up with some new creative stuff, man, that we got coming. So, like I said, join us Sunday. Probably I'm trying to do it around maybe 2 o'clock. I know the first game come on through. Maybe 1.30, 1 o'clock, somewhere around. I had to see. And then we're going to do the Super Bowl. And then it's when we're going to start dropping more stuff, man. So, hope y'all enjoyed this, this podcast. I'm out. Check y'all again on Sunday. Peace. I would like to thank you for listening to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth Podcast. The podcast can be found on other platforms as well. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and also Radio Republic with other platforms soon to come. So please like, subscribe, share, and remember, you can't handle the truth. Thank you for sharing this night. Thank you. God bless you. Good night.